Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, like many of the players, his hair's got a bit long and a bit fluffy, and there's a fairly good chance he'll cramp up before the end of the show. It's Dr. Luke Gledor. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. How about yourself? <laughs> good too. Yeah, thanks. And I want to wish you a happy birthday for when this comes out tomorrow, as it's going to be your birthday. Thanks so much. Yes. 21 happy again. birthday, Reggie Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um how's how's your week been prior to today's uh festivities it's been all right i've uh been watching a bit of the back uh the football nelly's back mm-hmm. um included with the absolute joy fest that was the pigs <laughs> versus villa <laughs> The goal, that um, the goal that wasn't. I love the commentator bringing it back with uh, talking about the uh, the joy of resonance of boot on ball. Oh, lovely. That's very good. It's powerful. And, yeah, you know, kind of watch that. If I remember thinking, um, I'm glad we don't have fan reactions, but maybe I could uh, identify with the Villa fan in Chicago who, when they cut to him during a Villa chance, was too busy looking at his phone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what have you made of all the, yeah, the various... So there's a lot of new pomp and it feels so american to me i don't know i don't know whether that's sort of slightly racist but all the new bits and pieces around the football match just all feels a bit kind of plastic well it's incredibly american i mean we can get into that but i mean obviously with i follow today uh we had the kind of in match kind of graphics that felt a bit kind of nbc it kind of felt like promoting something that was going to be on tuesdays at 7 p.m central um (laughs) You know, it's it's that kind of jazz, really. The hit new comedy that's taking America by storm. <laughs> <laughs> I've suddenly got memories of you talking about uh, watching, uh, I think, one of the few UFC matches I've watched that you've probably matched as well. Uh, but they were talking about Guy Ritchie's new film, The Gentleman. Oh, yes. Back in cinemas, he's never made a mishit. <laughs> All he only gold. makes classics. Guy Ritchie is back. <laughs> Guy Ritchie <laughs> makes his return to the gangster genre. Yes. We've stricken that Madonna film from our memories. <laughs> Basically, all of his output since probably the first film has been stricken from our mind. Uh, yeah, it's that's a very odd, that yeah, very American sportscaster thing is that kind of uh, advertising Tourette's. Yes. <laughs> In the middle of a sentence. They, their bit... eyes glaze over and they blurt out a catchphrase for some booze or a betting site or something else. Yeah, there's that. I quite, I quite like some of the, the Prem games I've seen putting up, fly, you know, massive giant flags in the crowd, which who yes. knows when they're going to use these again after this season but it's kind of cute i don't know it was kind of nice to see that they like they're actually looking to kind of it's like they've got an absolute giant wall in their house and thinking that i'm just gonna put you know and just put some art up just clutter this wall basically <laughs> or like i've seen it advertised on uh, instagram the uh, the things that if you've got a terrible sofa you can buy just a massive sort of bendy sheet to put over the whole thing and pretend it looks nice so it's a bit like that for for whole stands <laughs> and i think my, my particular highlight on that was man city had one that said we're not really here which is quite funny yes 
Um, it uh, relates to one of their chants, isn't it? When they're in yes. League One, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, and then I saw that Man City had like the fan wall, you know, the video fan wall, which felt a bit oh, kind of uh, low grade U2 stadium tour. <laughs> I believe that is going to be a fixture for all the Premier League games. I might be wrong, but I think I believe that's going to be there at all the grounds. But um, yeah, that is weird. And it kind of, I think they get paused before set pieces as well. So it's uh, it's very strange. It's very strange. You know, and then the, the stream, you know, the piping and the fan noise as well. But, you know, I noticed that I think the first one, they just carried on the same bed of noise for the soundboard for the fans. There was no applause. And I'm like, are you going to do this properly? Well, how do they... I'm wondering how it works. Is is it somebody literally sat there going, "There's a shot. Press the shot button." Because there was there was definitely I was watching I was watching a bit last night and it was the Norwich um, Southampton game and it was weird, very weird towards the end. So there was the dying embers of of that game. There was a very tame shot that kind of went through a couple of players' legs and the goalkeeper just kind of you know the the kind of uh, the old cliche could have dropped his hat on it. So he just kind of bent down and casually picked up this ball and the the the, the sound went. Oh! Oh, and then like a big round of applause, and then it was, and then full time whistle went, and there was a huge like like explosion of uh, clapping and cheering, despite the fact that the home team had lost three nil. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It's very. I I know. I think, on balance, my preference is not to have the fake crowd noise. I think was it was that wonderful tweet, today. which was like, oh, you know, finally we get to hear the great uh, tacticians talking <laughs> of the game, and then it cuts to Wilder going, Bashy! Bashy! <laughs> <laughs> what if he grunts out at his players with a Y on the end? Anyway, um, i just say, the home... But behind closed door matches, they're very much the stranger of football. We're lying to ourselves that this is the real, that this is something else, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. bunch of teenage boys trying to deceive themselves. <laughs> I thought particularly to, today. I mean, not to kind of ste- tread on the toes of what we're going to talk about, but with all the subs as well, it really 60, 70 minutes in today felt very, very preseason friendly. Oh yes, yes. It felt like England versus Serbia. You know, nobody cares. <laughs> the pace had dropped altogether. Yeah, it got yeah. very disjointed. Uh, it's weird. It's a very odd experience, it's got to be said. Anyway, episode 53 of Different Gravy. Yeah, We're back so from the exile of disappointment. We're knocking on the door of faint hope. And it's <laughs> soup from a stone, ladies and gentlemen. But the stone is pelopessy. And we have not enough expensive parsnips to take that stony taste away. <laughs> Do you, do you, you've you've long held the opinion that parsnips are the answer to Pelopessi, haven't you? <laughs> so yeah, we just need some parsnips. Just, <laughs> At just least bang, a strong root veg. It doesn't need a to be strong a strong root a, veg. A, just bang some root <laughs> veg in there. That'll that'll make you forget that Joey P's even there. Um, oh, that's yeah, super, what super, a super What a crazy thing that we're actually back talking about sport on our 50th episode it makes it almost seem like we've planned the entire pandemic doesn't it rich yes and we've seen those rumors online we will neither confirm or deny what people are saying online but um i think you're you're you've got very innocent reasons for your trip to wuhan haven't you very innocent trip very innocent <laughs> you just you know you just love hanging out at that place it's great we all know it. it's just one of the vibe. real highlights it's just an energy in the air you know <laughs> i'll describe it <laughs> 
<laughs> should we, to, yes, to get away from this silly uh, cul-de-sac we've walked ourselves down, <laughs> should we? <laughs> we should do this little uh, number. Breaking hoo-hoos. Not a huge amount in the way of news, but um, there's this ongoing, despite the fact football is back, there is still probably a lot of that, you know, tin pot brinkmanship happening with contracts and extensions and who's going to play when. So we've had it confirmed uh, from Gary Monk directly that uh, all of the kind of players that are in that that limbo land uh, have been offered a deal that kind of covers them till the end of the season, um, presumably for some of them whilst we continue a kind of ongoing negotiation for a longer term deal uh for some of them maybe they've been told they're not going to be back and uh they're, they're still sort of happy to to might be happy to sign up for a short term but the only one that we've heard confirmed so far is kieran lee yeah great um, though that's club. not been I, I guess maybe they haven't done that because there's no official confirmation per se right well, maybe. Do you think it's a sort of informal handshake agreement to play another couple of games for you? I think so, because there's not been an official announcement. Because I, I think I think the club probably wants to do all of them at once. You'd imagine that would be the case, right? Oh, maybe. Uh, I know, like Hull did that actually. So actually, Hull have had some pretty big kind of fallout characters, um, including Jackson Irvin, the yes. Australian box-to-box midfielder, pure previously a sensation of Burton Albion and maybe not quite pulling up trees at Hull City but however probably a player we might like maybe who knows maybe I would be interested I'd be in the market for Jackson Irvin if uh, if that was yeah if that was something that was uh, in the realms of possibility for us given I mean We've talked about, you know, as uh, Rich has uh, got going, the chance, which will soon catch a wildfire across the cardboard cutouts in the crowd. More on that later. Um, uh, Baz Bannon, Kieran Lee, not as good a pairing as they seem to be, but maybe yes. um, to the tune of the uh, Skype ringtone. And But also, um, maybe we could do with Luongo and Irvin, and that could be a bit of a double Tim Tam slam, maybe. Oh, which um, in the sunlit uplands of post-Brexit Britain, we, we have been promised by the Prime Minister reasonably priced access to Tim Tams. I don't, I mean, I think I can hear you getting on a plane back to the UK, Luke. Uh, I, I'm sorry, funny? I was just, uh, I was just uh, firing up the old uh, Google flights as we speak. <laughs> oh, what a ludicrous thing to have seen in real life. The Prime Minister holding up a box of Tim Tams. I would, this might be controversial and apologies to, you know, I I think we've got maybe one or two listeners in Australia. Um, So my deepest and humblest apologies, but I think a Tim Tam is a penguin with airs and graces. Well, apparently we're really uh, straying away from the news of Wednesday news. We'll come back to that, folks. Don't you worry. Um, but however, actually, the news is, I think, or the previous thing I heard was that basically the guy who created the Tim Tam had a penguin and said, this is good. I can make it better. And it pains me to admit this, but a Tim Tam is actually better than a penguin. It is better than a, it is better than a penguin, but so much better that I would give up freedom of movement across the whole of Europe. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that, that's just a million dollar question. <laughs> so anyway, player contracts. Anyway. Um, there was some rumbling from Alan Nixon that actually they weren't kind of, they were initially keen of having everybody, but then they're not keen. So I'm not entirely sure fully what's kind of going on. Um, was 
it was hard to read from from my perspective that whether it was him saying we were kind of going to blanket offer all the players we had extensions not just for this short period but just to kind of stay with us longer term and that decision had changed but that that would be feel like a kind of desperate we, that feels like we're definitely going to end up in an embargo or they're expecting us to end up up in an embargo if we're kind of clinging right. to every player under our possession right which probably maybe explains the Pelopesi contract extension a bit better maybe that's in a bit of a better light maybe i don't know that's maybe. an interesting point anyway um i think the interesting thing with that is um, oh yeah, Monk has also said that basically all of the lone players have been verbally agreed they want to stay on, but basically there's still the ratifications to had. Okay. I guess the interesting thing we find with that is Windass is injured. Winda, mm-hmm. Windass has an injury, so they're going to kind of assess that next week. But I think the dead. So I'm not sure regard the terms of loan, but in terms of contractuals, maybe for the players who are actually at the club, the deadline seems to be the 23rd, is what I'm hearing. Okay. So that's Tuesday. Um, so yeah, it's just such a strange situation. I mean, there's a difficult thing with, I would naturally think that, I mean, more on Stephen Fletcher later when we look at the game, but I was naturally thinking about, you know, if Fletcher would be gone and to a certain degree, and maybe this is only just with Fletcher, you can think this with a few players, but it'd really be nice to see them complete the season. And also for the sake of Fletcher, he's on a career best, like league, yeah. league all best. It'd be nice to see him better that to some tune. Um, so I, I don't know. And I, and I would naturally think, I would naturally think that it's going to be a little bit more money for a player to play for another month at least. It's really. just, it is just those. I mean, I think Fletcher is the is the one that you kind of. It's the clearest picture of the dilemma that this situation puts someone in. Because yes, Stephen Fletcher could play another. Is it five games, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and there'd be a bit of extra pay for that. But if there's the potential for him to sign a big deal with a lower league Premier League team or a top of you know top of the tree Championship team. Why he shouldn't take the risk? It's staff to take the risk because you can have sure. a day where you know you spend seven minutes on the pitch and you come off injured. I mean, the fun so, thing with this, we've we've got no kind of insight. Everything is incredibly short termism. Um, we've got no view about how long, how much longer. You know what semblance of football is going to be like next season, no. and what football is going to even happen. Well, the other that was sorry, that was the other thing that Nixon sort of uh, another thing he talked about um was that fox and fletcher might be offered deals by us that are not quite as good as they're on but might be better than they've been offered elsewhere yes and that for for players that might be an unfortunate thing because everybody as you say we're in a strange strange limbo the whole of the football world is in that limbo Mm. and unfortunately for i've sort of seen people talking about um you know, entertainment acts and things like that. You know, if this was going to be your breakout year and then it's been completely sort of taken from under you. But it, it might be unfortunate for Fletcher and Fox that they, they kind of have, in their, both in their ways, had breakout years. You know, Fletcher has shown, he sort of rolled back the years in terms of his performances, put in a career best and could have done, you know, on another outside of this weird situation could have done a sort of how Robson Cano sort of gamble on himself that pays off big time. Mm-hmm. But if the backside has fallen out of the football market in a 
sense it just might be dreadful timing for him and he might have to just take what, what's there for him yeah so i don't know i, I think it would definitely be i think this probably I, I i feel like fletcher's situation is a little bit different from the much talked about you know the the talisman of short-term contracts in this covid age lyle mm. taylor I think he's in a bit of a different. I would like to think he's in a bit different situation, but maybe yeah. I'm also have, being biased and also having a you know a different bent on that purely because I'm you know I'm a big Wednesday fan and he's a Wednesday player. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so contracts are still going on. We believe discussions are taking place. You know, so, you know, we're in that situation right now where news is so tight and so spare. You know, and I, I feel like I'm basically within this realm. I'm basically doing the same thing that a journalist like Dom Housen would do, which is basically I'm using a lot of words to basically say I don't know. Yes. What you haven't resorted to is clickbait headlines. Wednesday fans, this is the news you want to hear about Fletcher. Is it? <laughs> I read it. It wasn't. <laughs> big deal for wednesday star yeah oh we've we've agreed a we've agreed a youth contract with uh <laughs> some fringe youth player basically <laughs> oh shall we um shall we mosey on into into the match let's do that i don't think actually there is a little bit more of a news okay um i'm curious and maybe this might bridge the two little little segue um <laughs> our very own james al connor different James gravy Al's mascots man. different gravy mascot who we never got named and then i basically went can we call him james arcana and rich went sure that seems fun. <laughs> um he's uh he, he was he was uh, purchased for printouts in the crowd yes have we seen him in the crowd because i have not oh yeah he was under the n top row um I was trying to grab a picture. I might go back. If, if I can watch it back on iFollow, I'll be able to pause. Yes. But um, yeah, he was looking splendid. Just off the halfway line. He's got a good view for himself. Um, yeah, we were we were able to sort of rub our pennies together from uh, from our, our meager merch sales and, uh, and uh, yeah, purchase a fan in the stand that happened to be James Al Connor. Were we anywhere near shitting distance to the guy, the Middlesbrough fan? The Middlesbrough fan. There was a person wearing the Middlesbrough shirt. Really? Yeah. Did you see the, I think it was Lincoln City, where it was like the same kid seven or four or five times? No, I did not. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, they were they were advertising the service. And it was the same lad with different haircuts. <laughs> Excellent. Again and again. So less children of a damned, but more children of the devilish imps. <laughs> exactly. Perhaps. <laughs> Uh, and obviously um, yeah, a big so. shout big shout out to as everyone else is doing um is it barney who's the uh oh yes who's the uh who's the old yaman 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 labrador <laughs> yaman dog yes wednesday eye in dog form yeah excellent stuff heartbreakingly not fun. right next to david blunkett no it's a bit of a shame but anyway yeah so so <laughs> Well, for all the, the sort of, you know, umming and ahhing and hewing and moaning and stuff that we've done in the interim, it was hard not to get excited that there was there was football on the cards. Uh, I woke up earlier and with a bit of a spring in my step. Um, did you have the same sort of experience? I mean, I know it's very early for you anyways. I got up, I set the alarm, set the alarm for a weekend. How about that? I didn't even do that on Friday and I got up late and uh, rushed myself to a dental appointment, which was uh, top fun, as you imagine. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I did what all great Wednesdayites this side of the world do, and that's uh, getting a wrestling match with iFollow. 
Well, I believe that was a worldwide bit of fun today. I didn't get on till about the 15th minute, I think. Same here as well. And I actually yeah. had to watch the entirety of it on my iPhone. Lovely. Hmm. And it was herky-jerky at times. Did you have that too? No, it was pretty... The stream okay. was pretty good for me, I'm going to be honest. I put my head down the pillow and I go straight to sleep, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> You set the alarm and you go, not today, alarm. <laughs> it's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, alarm. Oh, uh, well, can we talk about this lineup? Because I think that's, uh, you know, I, yeah. Luke Luke loves lineups. And uh, this, was, uh, this was a bit of a bananas one, wasn't it? It was. So uh, the first, I mean, straight away, Wildsmith starting was a bit of a surprise. Top of the pops, top 40 Joe. Top 40 Joe. And then a back three with wing backs. Yes. Because I had the thing initially of looking and seeing. So the first name, obviously, in terms of this, because everything's sorted by the squad numbers. We've got Liam Palmer. We've got LP at number two. And, um, you know, right before the number one with a bullet, Joe Wildsmith. Yeah. What even is Joe Wildsmith's number? 28. 28. Interesting. Yeah. So so then I was like, oh, Liam Palmer plays right back, which is what I'm usually thinking. So I was scouring the team sheet for a left back near the end. And that's when I wasn't finding one. Mm. And that's the point where I also saw Fox on the bench. I thought Fletcher would probably be on the bench because I heard he was uh, had a bit of an injury niggle kind of midweek. Yes. Um, so that wasn't <clears throat> too surprising. It's nice to see Rhodes back. Well, it was interesting to see him starting. So, yeah, right next to uh, Palmer in the... Uh in the lineup would have been Kieran Lee and Jordan Rhodes, who aren't necessarily guaranteed starters normally. No. And then initially I had the whole point thinking we were doing a 4-3-3. And then I figured out, actually, no, it was, like you said, it's the 3-5-2 with, um, with Murphy and Harris as wingbacks. And I would say, by and large, it seemed to work pretty well. The wingback element, at least. I thought it was largely okay. I, I, um, I think on paper, I think I agree with it very well. Um, mm. I think there's some questions over the centre-back credentials of Palmer. But then, I mean, he is someone who's a fair degree of you know, versatility. You know, so I've, I've kind of said it's unnatural, but not completely dysfunctional. And I think, I think the good word is unorthodox. Yes, I think that can work. We've seen that occasionally that a, actually a fullback in that three can work out all right because the, the other two play like a traditional pairing and then you've got a third person to either sort of do cover in behind or kind of lead the line and try and try and break things up a bit further forward so um he seemed to sort of grow into that role there was so there was some little uh cameos from from both burner and palmer further up the pitch as as the game wore on um i think probably the highlight of the game was Burner uh, in the second half. There was a moment where he, he was he was all the way up on the on the left wing and sort of dropped a shoulder and then peeled a pass with the outside of his left foot to the other flank. It was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sight to behold. <clears throat> so Gary Monk has been watching his uh, his overlapping centre back videos. And he was clearly inspired by the the Wild Away. <laughs> Okay, I don't know how to respond to that one. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought, I wondered if, uh, I was thinking how much I would have liked Rhodes Fletcher, but it was probably a fitness issue. Um, a little bit unsure about seeing Wickham start, but I don't know. It's It's been a long time. You know, he's probably at the base level. I guess the interesting thing now is this is a reset across all of football, effectively. And bar any injuries that kind of come up, everybody's at the base level of fitness, which... 
this is really much like the kind of feel and vibe of the game. It's very much preseason friendly in terms of fitness, right? Yes. Yeah. So that tends to boil down to who's the fittest player. So you you kind of pick the guys that you're fairly sure can give you over an hour of work. That tends to be uh, how the team picks itself to an extent. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was interesting. See, it's so Wickham has tended to start more often than not since he came i think that's fair sure to say. but i think there was also i think we also saw and wondered about whether i mean the interesting thing of it that is during that period that was a point where we had a real embarrassment of center forwards but yes. they're all very much out of form and all yes. very much misfiring so it felt a lot like we were really clinging to the hope of the fact that he is a big signing you know he's a big premier league signing effectively and we're really hoping to get so much juice out of these out of this loan deal with against these big wages but also like we're really desperate for him to do well all around and you don't know whether then then there's any kind of commitments that he needs to play in the kind of loan loan agreement as that stuff it just felt like we were grasping and clinging on to you know the, the hope of him doing well basically like we need him to do well I think he's largely done all right for us. I thought particularly so by the time we got to kind of the Barnsley game, he seemed to be finding his feet again and finding his fitness. Um, And I I thought today he looked pretty useful. I think he wasn't given, you know, clearly him and Rhodes were given different jobs to do. Mm. And Rhodes has the discipline to stick to that task, which means he's not involved in a huge amount of the game. And Wickham, Mm. Wickham was coming deep and trying to sort of be the link, do you know, the kind of Hooper-esque link yeah. between yeah. the midfield that was generally quite deep and then giving us that foothold to keep moving forward. And I, th- I thought he did that quite usefully a few times. Sure. Do you think, though, for a shadow striker, he was a bit more in the shadows, though? He was he was in the shadows. And uh, he, I think he sacrificed a lot of himself for the team because he was quite often the one putting the ball in. It was actually quite a Fletcherish performance in some ways. You know, the Fletcher of, of, of old, not, not particularly the Fletcher of this year. But, you know, doing a lot of hard work outside of the box, but mm. kind of you wish he was the guy that was in the box. There was a, he put in two or three yeah. I guess that's kind of the problem is one of those has got to take the limelight and... I think it's the different mentality that you think you typically don't want to see Rhodes in the line. You kind of want both in the limelight, really. Yeah, that would be nice. But I, I get the point, though. I get that. Yeah, I get the point that you need it as part of that kind of strike partnership. You need someone to do some jobs and someone to do the other, effectively. Yes. So, do we want to kind of? Uh, so, uh, to be honest, my notes taking was a little bit haphazard um, due to aforementioned I, I follow issues. Um, I sort of picked up on on Burner on the overlap. Rhodes had a had a couple of decent chances towards the end of the first half. I, I I think by and large we looked the better team in that first half. We we pretty much controlled Forest. They didn't get a huge amount going going forward. Um and they didn't really seem to come alive until very much the end of that half. So I I thought it was a yeah, you know, for for all the the form beforehand and the the fact this is a bit pre-seasony, I thought we kind of had the better of that first 45 minutes. Did you I would agree. Yeah. And I not to kind of uh, spoilers spoilers spoilers, but I would say that's probably the that probably theme runs throughout the game. I would say. Yeah. You know, we were the more dominant and sharper of the sides. I would argue that it was a bit of a tight affair. You know, it wasn't like it was, 
you know, it was a bit of a reverse of that, obviously, first match against Forrest at their place that we covered in, again in, on the second time in last week's episode, where, you know, we were absolutely very dominant and, um, yeah, all that jazz. Um, I thought it would have happened again. The uh, <laughs> Just when that, that ball kind of, like, fell into... Well, no, it was a really great pass, the kind of reverse pass into Rhodes around mm. sort of three minutes or so. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, wow, it's going to happen again. He's just popped up, and but he kind of let it roll past him, and the chance kind of got away. And it was he got the shot on it on target, but it was straight at the keeper, unfortunately. Um, and and he had another one like that towards the end of the half. But it was almost, yeah, he almost kind of shook up, you know, brought back that same magic that he he'd done previously. Um, the other big sort of incident was Wickham's header down where. At first, it looked just like a very simple save for the goalkeeper, but on on reflection, it was it did hit the defender's arm. Um, but it would have been really, really harsh to yes, ball, yes, think. that was the one that I think I've I've actually marked and said, you know, it it's, uh, it would have been an exceptionally unfortunate penalty, but it it did feel it was weird because it it kind of felt like it was prevented yeah it's the sort of thing that probably in the premier league with var we would have got a penalty if someone would have been watching the cameras at that point yeah 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 um but it was you know like on a a technical basis he absolutely used his hand it absolutely stopped the ball traveling towards the goal um and that kind of the the realism of well the goalkeeper was right behind it it wasn't much of an effort you know that doesn't seem to come into it particularly in terms of the the way handballs are dealt with in the premier league now with the with the the var system so yeah i mean probably we would have had a penalty for that if we were in the league above but we're not so it was just sort of waved away um luongo had a really nice dipping effort as well just after that so we were kind of building ahead of steam um but Graben also missed a, a bit of a sitter header-wise. Apologies if I'm just sort of rattling through things. Do pull me up if uh, if you no, want to. No, that's. I think that's kind of fair for what I've kind of taken down. I I felt that basically. Um, I I said, <laughs> I, you can criticise this as a sentence, Rich. I said Luongo with the million dollar ideas for club and financial ruin. <laughs> nice. With that shot, it was um, speculative, and also I enjoyed um, you know Bannon and Lee. Both seemingly on the driving driving range already by uh, plowing a couple of uh, couple of shots off of the bar. <laughs> I thought it was uh, the, the, the Rob on the commentary said Luongo's just tried to hit it as hard as he can there, but I thought it was quite an artful attempt at a bit of an awkward shot and angle. He was trying to like loop it over the keeper. It just didn't quite work. I thought once again, I thought he looked like a really useful player to have around. He. He's, he really drives things forward. He seems to sort of pop up all sorts of places. And um, in terms of the, uh, you know, the lockdown Buffon, pretty strong is the game of Luongo on the old, uh, yeah, the slightly overgrown hair front. Lovely little burst of curls on the top of his head. <laughs> <clears throat> so that, we, we also had a drinks break in the first half. Yeah, these cooling breaks, which, you know, maybe I, you know, it was, it was quite funny because you said about the Americanization of the game, you know, on the commentary that John Pearson was saying that he thought that football would get more Americanized and that you'd have four quarters. And, you know, effectively, effectively, you do have four quarters with well, that, really. 
they do in um in like college soccer or or whatever when they show it they do have an ad break in the middle of the game in the middle of each half i think right so finally the the joy of what basically they kind of want with because there's not enough gaps for commercialization right exactly yeah yeah within regular soccer it's just not good enough for the um you know you can't go can't go second and six and then uh, cut to remind people about some guy Ritchie film and some peanuts maybe you know yeah and give i do want to i do want to say with televisation um i enjoyed the spare ball parapet um yes. it was very it was very gladiators-esque um i expected <laughs> i expected wolf to growl at bannon from behind the corner flag um it was a bit saturday night itv <laughs> And maybe playing in the heat is also the travelator at the end of the season, question mark. Excellent. Yes. I wonder if, you know, in light of all these things getting like sort of cancelled in retrospect and pulled off Netflix, I suspect Gladiators was doing some, um, some of the naming uh, principles, I suspect, uh, probably <laughs> wouldn't stand up to the rigours of, of the modern well, you, you, I, I think it's fine that there was a large black man named Shadow. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. I don't see anything reason that. The, the the most shocking one that you know sort of slipped by was um was, was obviously Spice Girls, wasn't it? Just just a, just a sort of complete this yes. little meander. You know, yes. the black one is called Scary Spice, and she's forced to rap despite the fact she has absolutely zero talent for it. That's always the case. <laughs> that's always us. Every boy and girl band was simple. We'll have the black member of the group rap. <laughs> and, and JLS was three members that they forced to rap despite having no talent for it. They were also forced to sing and dance. It was quite a cruel career that they had all, all told. Um, <laughs> right. So so that sort of takes us up to up to half time. I also had a moment where I thought one of the fans in the crowd could throw it back for a throw-in, and then I remembered that the reality hit me. What was going on? Well, did you see, there was a point where the ball hit one of the, the cardboard cutouts. Unfortunately, uh, fortunately or or unfortunately, um, it wasn't James Alconnor. It was a bit further along the row. But um, somebody now has the job of like going, going along and... <laughs> propping up the cardboard cut out if it gets bashed. Oh dear. Which I'd like to think that if one was damaged, then like one of the players could sign it or give the, you know, warm up jacket, you know, a bit similar to I don't know. This is I I I've I, am I becoming am I becoming Will Smith and I am legend? <laughs> I've never seen the film but I, I hope you are. Just getting uh just just getting anxiety to talk to a, a lady mannequin. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, you could kiss it. It could turn turn into Kim Cattrall. It it could be Hitch. Yes, so so we reach half-time. No changes for either team at half-time, which has been a bit of a feature in quite a few of the games. There's been been half-time changes, but not not the case this time around. Um, Forest kind of probably had their best period of the game to that point, sort of straight from the off. We, We looked a little bit to use the old adage, the old Wednesday adage, we looked a little bit like we we forgot that there was a second half to play for 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 a while. Did you did you feel that vibe as well? Or I, I, I don't I don't think I did. No, I no, no, no. They had a decent chance. I think was it Lolly had a chance at that stage. They didn't make much of it. You know, it wasn't a huge amount of. Uh, it's a very minor swing on on the pendulum. It wasn't. It, you know, it wasn't. Uh, this wasn't end to end stuff. This was kind of like oh, they moved slightly closer to our goal. <laughs> <laughs> What I did think was back a little bit was 
I thought Murphy looked on the ball like more like the guy from his early games for us and less like the kind of powerhouse he'd been in his better games for us. Mm-hmm. Seemed to always want to take on his man and that largely boiled down to kind of doing step overs until he walked into his man and mm-hmm. if he was lucky he'd come away with the ball if not there'd be nothing um and there was a couple of times where it was quite frustrating that he just should have just put the ball in he was played the ball into space i feel like maybe do you do you think it's maybe kind of fair to say he was probably one of the weaker players today Possibly, I think certainly he didn't do as well as he should have with the with the chances he was presented. Because I, I I think if you look at the things that worked well for us today, I think actually we 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 did quite a good job of kind of drawing them into the middle and get making them quite compact in the middle of their box and then playing the ball out wide. Uh, Bannon played several sort of you know almost dangerous passes, but nice passes out to the to the wingers um and luongo and and kieran lee both contributed to that as well but we didn't see a lot of quality from either side of them harris is very willing but his his approach to crossing the ball is is kind of volume rather than getting settling on one piece of quality it's like i'll just knock it in and hope for the best and quite a lot of his crosses went straight to the goalkeeper or went behind or um so yeah i think we were presented with lots of chances and actually that's how by and large that's how we did so well against them at their place was we exploited them on the flanks um but we so we kind of made a lot of those same opportunities but just didn't take them in in, in the same way lightning didn't strike twice in in the roads side of things mm-hmm. um Gone. Well, I guess like one of the biggest things we can kind of look at is probably the 57th minute is the Wickham chance, right? That. So I thought that was Rhodes, but it, it, it was Wickham. It is was Wickham, right? yes. yes. It hit the post. Mm-hmm. Well, just before that, we'd had a nice move where Murphy had kind of run into his defender and then somehow managed to save a, a sort of pullback out of it. And Kieran Lee tried a clever little which, sort of chippy dinky thing, which didn't yes. work, but it was a nice move. Which I and was then, surprised. I think Lee did exceptionally well with that in that circumstance. Yeah. And I will be honest, that was out of play. That was pretty what clearly out of play. I thought it was. It was very close. It was, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, that was so. That was nice. It was. It was a sign of us kind of turning the tide a little bit. And then, yeah. So we hit the post, and then that Kieran Lee shot. Do you think he could have done better in that situation? He managed to find a, a Forest player in a goal that was bereft of of almost any defence. <laughs> Don't hit the forest player, don't hit the forest player, don't hit the, I'll hit the forest player. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I think he was a little bit caught on the wares with, I'm not sure if he's quite the sharpest person in that situation. I think given a bit more time, I think he's a player who can be very composed with his finishing. But I oh, think yeah, that sure. it was a bit quick for him. It was just, I think the keeper was all, was a good foot behind the line. So it would have been hard for him to save almost anything that was on target. And... I think the defender did a really good job to get his foot to it, but it, it's just a bit frustrating. It's just one of those if you really just want to smash it into the roof of the net because nobody can get to that. Um, and he's placed it, but amazingly sort of placed it exactly where, <laughs> where the defender's foot was. Uh, you're right. It's 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 sort of come straight at him and he's done what he could with it. It's just a bit frustrating because it was a great chance. And obviously that would have been a great time to score as well. Um, and, 
before that, I think it was a bit of a sitter, the header. I think that, that should have been scored as well because the keeper had absolutely sold himself down the river and anything on target is in. But uh, it's so. a tight angle though, right? And I mean, I, I would argue that it's it's a bit of a, it's a very small window to get that ball in at the near post. That'd be my take on the thing. But he doesn't need to get it at the, uh, at the near post. But he's he's also the near the near post as well. It's like getting. I think getting that back across in that situation is difficult. I, I think it's one of those where it's it's too. He's almost hit it too well because if it, if he connects any less with it, or if it kind of scuffs off his forehead, it goes in because the keeper is. Has, bat- has put himself in a situation a bit like Westwood did a few times early in the season where he's wholly committed, got nowhere near it and effectively anything on target is a goal. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm being a little harsh, but that was a great opportunity and both of them put together. It's a real shame we didn't score either of them. I think on the balance of probability, you, we should be scoring, but one of those two chances. So it's a, it's a shame to not come away. Yeah, with I think we're just, I don't know. I don't know. It was unfortunate. I th- yeah. Okay. I sort of thought it was almost a free header for, for, for Wickham um, and, and probably should be hitting the target with it. Anyway. Um, I thought it was interesting because I think he'd have to go back across a defender. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he could have done better with like aiming that in the right direction. Maybe that was the, uh, yeah. To kind of bounce your idea and perspective on that. It's not. I, I, I'm not saying it's an easy chance. I just. I just think. I think Fletcher would score it this season. Fletcher would have scored it this season. Fletcher, Which, well, definitely. Of, but but a, Fletcher's always adept at very difficult looking headers, though, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Sixty-fourth um, minute was when Burner did his beautiful drop the shoulder pass uh, across the field to to, to Murphy. Um, but things kind of we got up that head of steam. We had that really good chance, but we cut things kind of died down again at that stage, didn't they? Um, and I, th- I believe that's when they made their changes, their first couple of changes. Yeah, so sixty second minute, they made a couple of changes and pretty much went to four four two at that stage. So I, I know they were saying that, but what effectively were they playing before? Were they playing just like a one up top? Is that the kind of mentality they were doing before? Yeah, so they had five in midfield with like a. It, to, to be honest, when you look at the uh, the average positions, it was quite close to a four four two because Lolly was so far forward a lot of the time. But um, technically, the formation they were playing was four two three one, and then they right. they, they went for a solidly having two two up front and. So then, you know, a few kind of tame minutes went past and Monk decided we should sort of match them up and go 4-4-2 ourselves. Well, so we were, yeah. Came off and Murphy came off and we brought on Odebajo and Stephen Fletcher. Um, and we didn't quite get find our feet in the new positions by the time uh, Forrest had their pretty much their only good chance of the game and uh, the one that they scored. Do you think that's fair? It's just so close together. We made changes. And there was a water break as well, wasn't there? The only thing I think we missed from that, actually, in terms of chronologically, was I thought it was a big let-off, the chance where Iorfa dropped a clanger, lost the ball. They put way too much pace on it across the grab, and and he couldn't quite get there. Yeah, you're right. That was about the 59th minute, so just about the hour in the game. And that was... That was it. But I I mean, outside of that, they didn't really have any great clear chances, Forrest. I thought Graben should have done better with this one before half time. I thought that was it was a free header and he just he didn't get any power on it. And he just mm. kind of knocked it back to Wildsmith. Um, 
Oh, well, he also fought just before that. I think it was the 43rd minute. The, the thing I didn't mention was the Joe Lolly had a free kick, which I thought yes. we were very lucky he spooned it over because it was a really, really good position. And it, it was, was a completely needless free kick to give away as well. Yeah, I thought it was a I harsh decision who, to give it. I don't know who gave it away. Was it Luongo? It was Kieran Lee. It was Kieran Lee. Right. Yeah, but I, I sort of, I sort of thought it was they both tried to hip check each other and both ended up on the floor. It, I could see how you could probably say that. To be honest with you, you know, I just thought it was. I it just it felt like one of those situations where if you need to make the challenge to risk giving away a free kick, it's not worth doing in that situation. I know it's what you mean. One yeah. of those. I mean. The risks it's, are so much higher. Yeah, it's one of those you don't want to make. You don't want to be in that situation, so just don't make the challenge. And unfortunately, as we've you know, has been a a recurring theme, um, an all too familiar thing for our midfielders to do: giving away that sort of free kick in a a rotten action. Completely, it's it's a recurring stat for Sheffield Wednesday this season. Yeah, yeah. no, I, th- I I thought sort of arguably because jumping ahead a little bit, Graben also had a chance that just dropped to him in the box that he did pretty poorly with. He he could have had a hat trick today on, on you know if they played you know slightly differently in different situations because um, he he had some he had some decent chances, probably better chances than our strikers were presented with at any stage, uh, and didn't really test us at all. Yeah, from any of them. So, so the I mean, I guess the interesting was, thing was you talked about the fact we made those changes on the 68th minute as a double substitution with, you know, Rose coming off of Fletcher, Murphy coming off for Odebajo. I, I thought it was going to be we were going to keep sticking with a 3-5-2 and seeing Odebajo being that wingback. Because, I mean, he, he is a player who can do that. He is a player who's not... I think he's got the play with the engine to get forward. I'm not entirely sure as much as I feel like I'm doing a bunch of defending for Moses Adebajo this season. I, I do believe in him as a player, effectively. Um, well, I, I don't know how good he is at getting for... I'm not sure what the end product quite is for him, but he's definitely a player with that engine and definitely a player who can get up and down that wing and defend and attack and then do the midfield piece as well. So I thought we were still doing a 3-5-2. We, no, because Palmer played right back and Adebajo played right wing and... and um... Harris then sort of switched to left back weirdly it it wasn't I mean it's not huge distinctions I think between the two sure. systems because you want those yeah. guys forward but yeah the way it worked from that point on was was different um, but, but I thought that was mainly kind of endemic of and may also be I thought this would be something that you would pick up on actually and <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, that sounds like I've just completely just uh, called you out there, Rich. Um, no, I, I saw that on Twitter. Peter Lohman was talking about the goal, and he was saying how thought it was a a defensive frailty in a three-five-two, which kind of makes sense. But I mean, we we do we are very susceptible on the wings anyway. I would say. Do you know it, we were we were because we were in a transition at that stage. So sure. It's weird because we have sort of ended up not having a left back. So mm-hmm. Palmer came across and played more on in behind Odebajo, but on the left it was sort of all left to Harris still because we relied on him an awful lot going forward, and nobody there's nobody in that midfield that really naturally has any ability playing a playing a wing. They don't tend to stick to it. They don't uh, have the discipline for it. Um, no, it's, I suppose it is tricky. It's hard to it's hard to know really what we ended up in. And again, how many times this season have we seen players 
scratching their heads and having conversations after. Yes, of who was there, who should have been watching this play. And yes. What the substitution was, we kind of matched them, but didn't really. It caused enough confusion. It also doesn't help. And a, a, a dreadful set piece from Barry Bannon. So Barry Bannon passed it to their goalkeeper and their goalkeeper got it out of his hands pretty quickly and they caught us on the break. Um, Lolly got, got past Harris very easily. There was no a big long bit. kind of punt, punt yeah. to for Lolly too. I mean, I think really when you look at it, um, for a team like Forest, who I think were the worst off in terms of chances of this game, yes. I think it was a real perfect storm. The fact that basically we made that substitution, we dropped our concentration. As you said, I don't remember it too much, but the, the you know bad free kick from Bannon, they capitalized the counterattack very quickly. Lolly is a play with a lot of pace and a lot of danger, and it looked like he was offside, but I think it's purely just his pace. That actually just kind he of did took us. a very good first touch, uh, it, but I think you'll yeah. I, I did put down offside question mark because I, I never the best angle for it was probably the the one that was shown live, and they didn't really seem to show that angle again to give us a proper view. Everything that was everything afterwards was too zoomed in to give you a full mm. view, but. I think that Iorfa and Berner didn't get across, didn't react quick enough. And I thought Wildsmith was really slow off his line and seemed to kind of open up a huge amount of the goal for him to, to put the ball into. Considering what he wants to do in that situation, Lolly, I don't think we made it hard enough. Despite, after the initial error, we didn't do a good enough job kind of trying to put some barriers in. Sure. Way. Do you think Wildsmith could have closed down that angle a lot better? I thought he went too he was too worried about his near post and he gave him the whole goal to, to aim right. for. And he didn't react quick enough to cover the whole goal. Like, I suppose you're always making a gamble in that situation. It's almost like a penalty shootout-esque gamble. But he's gone to cover his near post and bet on himself, probably, to react quick enough to, to block anything else. But Lolly's hit it too well for, for him to, to, to react to it. Um, so, yeah, a bit, that was disappointing because... As we touched on, we've probably been the better team up to that stage. We definitely had the better chances. Um, and so we'd made our first changes. It, it was also, there was the water break. We made the changes with the water break. So Wednesday, this is obviously, there's a lot of confirmation bias involved in this. But I do feel we tend to react worst to every break in play. You yes. know, if, if it's a long injury or there's a fan on the pitch or whatever, there's a pigeon on the pitch. Which is funny because, you know, we we feel like a lot of teams naturally do that to us you yes. know it's like the teams try to break play up and frustrate us and it seems to largely work yeah definitely we can be got at in that way um so this is where it all got started to feel quite pre-seasony um, because we made another two changes fletcher did fletcher touch the ball he's on the pitch for six minutes <laughs> And I, I feel like there must have been two or three minutes. I think I remember very early on seeing a little bit of him, him looking like he was um, shankily walking around, like something had happened. He, well, Ardabajo picked up his yellow card and somehow in the same incident, Fletcher was limping. But it wasn't, Ardabajo was nowhere near him. He was like six feet from that bit of play, but he was prominently in shot uh, as Ardabajo got his yellow card limping to the sideline. <sighs> Because it's staggering how quickly he got injured after being on. It's almost like he was injured before he came on the pitch. 
But I know that wasn't the case. But I'm just like, it's a strange you one, don't isn't it? remember anything that happened, any incident, any foul, any moment of overexertion. It was a bit like me if I just go out for a walk during these periods because I'm largely just desk bound all the time. <laughs> I probably would look, I'd probably look a bit like um, Stephen Fletcher did there. So it was very strange because I mean, how he was injured for, I mean, he was on the pitch for six minutes before uh, Alessio da Cruz as you like to put him, uh, came on. So that was six minutes. But, I mean, effectively, he's been injured for more minutes than he was on the pitch. Well, he was he was off the pitch talking to, basically from that incident at 71 minutes, he, he didn't get back on the pitch after that. He limped off. Yeah. So he was actively on the pitch for two and a half, three minutes. What a great sub. I know. I know. And actually, prior to that, I know we had the the, the Wickham header, but I actually thought Rhodes was probably slightly better in terms of roles. I thought it was a little bit harsh to see Rhodes come off, I'll be honest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the classic Rich inhale. And if, uh, I respectfully disagree. So, I th- Well, here's the thing. Judged against the person and being... Um, of the name Jordan Rhodes that has pulled on a blue and white shirt for Sheffield Wednesday for, for Nery three three years or whatever. And, and even one that's even pulled on the, the numerous away shirts that we've pulled as well. Okay, yep, on occasions he has won the reverse strip. Um, even when he scored a brace against Bolton in the <laughs> Yes. Yes. So judged judged against that yardstick, a very fine performance. Yes. Did a bit of stuff. Was there... Mm-hmm. Moved the ball forward, challenged at times, judged against other footballers on the pitch. I thought he did almost nothing mm. apart from miss. Uh, well, not miss, but like not really make anything of his chance and then be offside. There was one bit where he kind of like knocked it into the channel and then played it back. That was good. I do remember that happening. But it, by and large, it was a lot of being under aerial challenges and sure. So. But- Maybe still praise it. Maybe damning praise. Still, uh, still a top ten Jordan Road Sheffield Wednesday performance, though, right? Quite possibly. Yeah. Possibly like I in a number did, eight. I thought point. he did a job. It is probably similar to as we were talking last week. Probably similar to the job that he did when he came on in the the Rhodes fracking game. Similar sort of job. He's holding the, making sure they keep they keep honest. He's being very disciplined about the role he's playing. And that means that the defence can't let up because he's always looking to move in behind and present an option. And that is a vital thing to do. And it does require him to probably remove himself, you know, to not be actively involved in a lot of build-up play. So I've got no qualms. I thought he did all right. I'm also not, I wasn't saying, you know, my goodness, how can you take roads off sure sure <laughs> i i felt he was the slightly more unfortunate one well, quite which, but i guess interesting then i mean this is this is the problem right now with especially the contract situation not to go back to this too much one thing i wanted to say was you know there's a <laughs> it's a really weird comparison this but you know um you, you imagine like an old person saying from a, a different time being if she's good enough to sleep with she's good enough to marry <laughs> And I I feel like, unfortunately, right now, um, we very much need the opposite of that because we need as many bodies as we do for the end of the running because players, you've got to be here for a good time, not a long time right now. Yeah. And all these players 
um, were racking up injuries. So New Year wasn't involved. I'm not sure where New Year was. Um, no. In which in which now we've now got a bench where we have two more players. You know, there's no Forestieri apparently. So at the after match, post match, I was just scanning quickly while we were chatting, and basically Monk said he's behind the other he's behind the other players. So right. very interesting situation now that we may not see Forestieri in the Wednesday show again. Possibly. We might not see New Year in a Wednesday shirt again. You know, he's it's a situation. There's no Winall. Winall is injured. That's another bit of mini news. No Urugide, having get, got his new deal. Sure, but I, if I'd really see that. So, yeah, so we had Fox, Pelopessi, Fletcher, Lees, Reach, Odebajo, Dawson, Hunt, and De Cruz on the bench. And um, I guess that, that feels like a pretty fair kind of subs lineup. But but still, the funny thing now, we're looking at this and thinking, even for a, the mentality of a preseason friendly, we've still got players who haven't got minutes, who haven't been involved. And when you're looking at that, you're like, well, we've got Fletcher, and that's it for recognized out-and-out strikers. I was wondering when yeah. Reach was coming on, I wonder if he was going to come on for Fletcher and he would play up front. I was surprised to see the Cruz up front. Well, he is a striker-come-winger, isn't he? I guess so. He's more of the. Um, he's he's a bit more. He's a bit more pro evolution soccer second striker, isn't he? I suppose. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> in terms of positives, I thought Reach and De Cruz really looked looked right up for it and looked good when they came on. Mm. And I, I thought, you know, you're also happy to see Reach come back into his centrist role. You know, <laughs> centrist role. Yeah, he's had dalliances on both. The, I the quite enjoyed of... it. I mean, I was probably maybe some of the better, better, milder kind of peanuts in the turd of Yostley guys. <laughs> frame was uh, Adam Reach in the middle of the park. I thought he was okay. I quite liked. I liked the idea of he. You know, he's he's got a bit of he's got a touch of pace to him. He's got a ton of industry. Oh, I think he's quick. I think Reach is quick. Adam Legsy, uh, you know, Borough Legs, Adam Reach. <laughs> See, ironically, if the game, you know, if the game panned out exactly the same and you swapped Harris for Reach, I think we would have absolutely torn them apart today. Because I think what we needed was a bit of quality in key moments, and I think Reach would have would have probably been more likely to deliver that. And I thought De Cruz actually delivered some real quality once he came on. Uh, obviously for the for the goal, but a couple of balls before that were really he really whipped them in. Interesting as well, being that we've got we've got a whole backstory about left back Adam Reach. You know, Adam Reach, yeah, wing back, wing back Adam Reach as well. So maybe historically on paper, you know, we'd have that to look at. But then, do you think he's that player? He's well, historically maybe not. That's the problem. But maybe he's more of a better fit than either Harris or Murphy, who I, you know, did well. But I, I think they both actually. I think defensively, they both did a really good job. Harris did an absolutely incredible tackle towards the end of the first half. He absolutely mm-hmm. smashed uh, Lolly uh, in the box and, and and came away with the ball. I thought actually defensively, I was quite I was quite surprised at how well, particularly Harris did. Um, obviously, there was the mistake for the goal, but it's one of those things where you just cannot afford. It's always hard for the team when you are comfortable in an attack sort of footing and then you give possession away tamely you know when when the midfielder looks at all of his options and then rolls it to the guy in front of him when in this case Bannon passes it into the hands of the goalkeeper it's always difficult to recover from that and Harris obviously got caught out in 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 the midst of that um but outside of that, I, I did think he did a pretty good job. I wouldn't be upset if we try playing this this three five two again 
in the next game or well, I think we've games. made a fair we made a decent fist of excuse me yeah. yeah, you know, and I think also I think that was the thing uh, Monk was just saying in his post match, saying that you know it was quick and the players did a good job of trying it. Maybe that's an interesting thing. Maybe you can kind of think about that with we're trying new ideas very quickly, and it seems to have a bit of impetus with the squad. A little yeah. bit similar to how you can think and count um, Monk's introduction away at Huddersfield. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, the thing I wanted to point another point out, just looking through my kind of chronological notes, we're kind of ambling through this this second half after not really against the run of play, but maybe a little bit unfortunate that, you know, it felt, un- it felt undeserved that Forrest yeah. took the lead. Yeah. Um, do you find it interesting that they, they got quite dirty after that? I found they did. They, their team got bigger and dirtier. As it, was the interesting. <laughs> it was really interesting. And then I, I was almost surprised. I mean, you've, I'm also watching this as a Wednesday fan and bias and getting a bit emotional, but I was wondering whether a red card was coming at one point. It was there was a bubbling kind of heat to things, wasn't there? Yeah, it was very strange. Because I I was surprised that um, I, I can't remember which player it would have been for them, possibly Diakabi, but one of them went made a horrible tackle on Adebayo. You know, one of those where they like leave their studs up at late after the after the ball's kind of gone. And I was really surprised he didn't get a card for it. I don't think the ref even mm. like, spoke to him afterwards. And that is sort of almost guaranteed yellow card territory. And that was that seemed to be the beginning of, yeah, a, a kind of heightening of, of things. They, they went, they hammered into a few more tackles. And that quite often happens if you get away with one. They That seems to be like, oh, well, I'll get, I'll get in while the going's good and, <laughs> and do the same thing. <clears throat> so we, we, we made our... our um, Reach had a decent-ish chance. Um, he had a chance with his right foot. I'm trying to think how that fell, whether that which side of Hunt's introduction that was. But it does, I suppose it doesn't matter a huge amount. Hunt but, came on, on on the 83rd minute for Luongo, if that helps you at all. I, did, I don't know I did, if you had any notes about my, uh, my I genuinely report. couldn't remember. couldn't really remember much. Maybe I was just getting to that point of just watching Wednesday and being in a situation and just kind of being resigned to, you know, seeing a loss and this was just exactly we felt what I didn't a bit want would happen it did start to feel like we've yeah we've been here before the the them being dirty but also falling over more and time wasting we yep. looked pretty devoid of ideas we didn't seem to have much momentum and i i think to be fair to to young alex hon he was part of turning the tide so he came on for massimo luongo and he just seemed to buy himself a bit more time to pick out passes. And we'd got very pedestrian. We'd got very sideways passing, mm. um, which can happen. I mean, Bannon, for all of his, <laughs> you know, the wonderful parts to his game, one, his set pieces and shooting are, can leave a lot to be desired. And two, he can sometimes get into, get a bit stuck in a rut of, of sort of doing nice little sideways passing, but not, not progressing us at all. But it's a nice, quick little. It's a very Barcelona-y type of pass that he plays in those situations. Comes and takes it off one centre back, fizzes it to the other centre back, and kind of wanders away. And we've not gained anything from it. It's not moved us forward. Um, and and Hunt played played a, pu- a few better passes. You know, kind of picked out the winger rather than just rolling it to the full back. A bit more risky in the passing, but he made sure it went to the man, and there was a good weight of ball. I, I'd really liked his uh, his little cameo again. This was a shame because I felt like 
<clears throat> his introduction was at such a point where I felt so kind of devoid of hope and thinking this is what it is. I didn't really look out a great deal for Hunt. I think I remember seeing one or two bits and thinking that was okay, but I'd like to, I, I might actually go back and watch the rest of his kind of cameo appearance after this because I'd, I'd like to see. I'm a big fan of Alex Hunt. I'm I'm really becoming a big fan of Alex Hunt, and I'm beginning mm. to think that we definitely need to see a lot more of him next season and the end of this yeah. season as well there looks to be some real potential there i've got to say it's um mm. you don't want to kind of put too much pressure on his shoulders but th- i i thought his he had one little moment in his uh first sort of substitute appearance this season was that against huddersfield or was it leeds he didn't I have can't remember it was the one the one against man city was pretty great then yeah the one against man city was really mouth-watering almost and it's a shame mm. that you know, in all of the dreadful things that um, this virus and response is, is responsible for, one of the additional things, <laughs> definitely not top of it. <laughs> um, but one of the one of the one of the things we've missed out on is potentially him capitalising on that that momentum uh, which he, he could have built from. But again, I thought, yeah, I thought he looked bright. He seems to seems to have a bit of confidence in himself. Um, and yeah, all this talk about him potentially being a mentee of uh, of Barry Bannon's, mm-hmm. it's got to go well for his his uh, his future, really. And yeah, as you say, I, I hope we don't have to wait till next season. I hope we get a few moments of him. I'd certainly rather see him come on over, jo- in, uh, you know, instead of Joey Pelopesi if we're in those situations. It might it's horses for courses. Well, I, I feel like we're giving we're given the opportunity and having the possibility of, a ch- of more of a chance of something. You yeah. know, I think we're you're the possibility of looking to add something to a game rather than Pelopessi's looking to not make the <laughs> game worse. They kind of shut the door, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sh- shut all the Larry windows Grayson. in the house. Larry Grayson. <laughs> shut that door. Uh- <laughs> I, for some reason, was thinking of Larry Hagman. I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what Dallas is going to do with this. <laughs> Or maybe it's I Dream a Genie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, right. Right well, well, I'm on a stupid note. I didn't, did you enjoy seeing John Bostock come on? Yes. And did you? I, I also enjoyed the shot where it kind of cut and he was walking past Barry Bannon. And it looked like Barron was looking and going, Is that, is that John Bostock? Is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> like people spotting a minor celebrity on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Just happening. Uh, apparently, he's rebuilt his career in Belgium. I heard about this. Yeah. This is what they said on the commentary. So, yeah. Uh, so, we had a corner that was fizzed in. Probably the best delivery from a set piece all game. And it was De Cruz. Interesting that it took it. Um, we then, they didn't quite clear that properly. So, we had another good ball fizzed in by De Cruz. And um, that we, we, we managed to get another corner. And this time, he put it right on Wickham's head. And Wickham sort of nonchalantly nodded it home. More... Uh, we deserve something out of the game. It was it was relief. It wasn't one of those draws that felt like a win to me. It was relief that we'd at least got some reward for having played much better than. Well, it, you know, it's, it's that also that mentality of ending something on a high note. It it makes you think a lot better about the whole procedure. Yeah, there's something to do with the psychology of like why you know it's so much better for films have happy endings. It makes you feel better about the whole procedure. You know, the whole. The whole ordeal that you sat through, um, but I mean, what? Yeah, what a what a beautiful, what a lovely cross from the Cruz. Yeah, and then I just loved the fact that, like, I think I've seen weaker, I've seen definitely seen weaker players and weaker strikers 
be in that situation that Wickham would do. And then what all they would do effectively is they'd back into the player and get into a wrestling match with the yeah. defender and try and limplessly win a, win a penalty. Um, but that the fact that he had the power and just the composure to just, he made it look effortless just to he pull did. that player back and to stand his ground and yeah. then just guide in a lovely header. It was, it was fantastic. It was great to see. It was great to see that, that kind of pillar of strength of Connor mm. back. Cause I, you know, I think we've, we've seen a lot. Definitely. We were wondering about whether he's a player who's maybe physically crumbled a bit over his injuries and over the years, Yes, you know, yeah. especially considering that young player who came through, who looked like he had like a little bit of everything in the back. Absolutely. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to have some of that explosion, but it's nice to, to know that he does have he does have that kind of core strength which is uh yeah he put to absolutely brilliant use uh, for for the goal and it it was just one of those where it was it was I was it was a great you know I celebrated um, probably enough to frighten neighbours and things like that um, it's a huge relief to get the goal but it 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 came with the frustration that you know if only we'd kind of got it maybe five minutes earlier we probably mm. would have had a Good well, goal it, winning it, the game. it almost looked like we were going to go and get the winner. Yeah. We had the momentum and then we just looked so much larger after the goal. A little bit similar to Forrest, but we didn't turn into uh, assholes about it. You know, <laughs> I thought De Cruz, uh, it really seemed to be a bit of a weight for him, I think, being involved in something positive as well, because he... Mm. Uh, he had a couple of really nice little touches after that. Well, the crew's almost, I mean, this is a really interesting thing. So, I mean, prior to this, there's been the chat, there's been the talk of what did you think? I thought it wasn't. What did you think about the penalty shout on Harris? Uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I don't think it was. However, I do want to say, was that a penalty on the cruise right at the end? Probably. Yeah, quite possibly. I think it was. I, th- I personally think it won, but there was no replay of it because it was literally just like, yeah, the that last was it, the referee, the last kick of the game. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to see. I'd like to see both of them in a bit more detail, but I'd love. I'd like to see that one particularly again. Mm. He's so he's he's got you know on a kind of basic athletic level, he's got a lot of things that you'd want to cruise. It's just we haven't seen much from him other than he's a he's a bit quick and that you know that's kind of all I think I was particularly damning a few weeks ago about him that we've you know we've seen so little from him but the balls he was whipping in from that left hand side mm-hmm. that shows a real level of technique that's that's an accomplished thing to do to hit the ball with that sort of pace and accuracy is is no is no mean feat so pretend I mean it would be nice if we get a <laughs> a flash of brilliance from from him between now and the end of the season that would be a nice thing to see a bit of a blossoming i think the um, interesting thing we can say is for the fact that we're looking through the squad and we're saying where 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 we're missing we're missing a few players effectively we're missing fletcher again yeah we're, we're missing fletcher in the build for this and we're definitely missing fletcher again afterwards which is so incredibly frustrating <clears throat> To say that, to say we just have so much, so many options on the bench to make positive and game-changing positions, and I think all of the substitutions looked, you know, looked to do something a little bit better. Maybe Odebarge was maybe the worst of those, but I don't think that's too damning. Yeah, even even Odebarge had some moments. I think he had he had both sorts of moments, didn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> So, are we wanting to do some scores? 
I think we can. I think we can rattle through this pretty quickly. I haven't got these down, but I think we can kind of thrash these but out between just, us. Okay, so top 40 Joe, Joe Wildsmith. I thought he did pretty well. I mean, I, I guess you really put the seed of doubt in my mind about that goal. But I think for most of it, he was pretty solid. I don't think this is... I, I really think we need to see Joe... Well, I, I think we need to see Joe Wildsmith in net for the next game, personally. I think he did... I think he did well. There was a few things that um, that he did particularly well. I thought, he, he, you know, he get, there was a couple of crosses that he came out really strongly for, and you know, p- took potentially dangerous situations and, and nipped them in the bud nice and smoothly. So I I've got no issue with him. Uh, yeah, keeping the shirt. I think that's that's probably fair enough. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be chopping and changing goalkeeper if you you know if you can absolutely avoid it. It's the last position you really want to keep moving around on. So yeah, let's let's get let him have a run and see how he goes. It does again. It's again that thing of yes, they made a chance. Yes, there's a defensive mistake. If you've got a really good goalkeeper, it probably doesn't result in a goal, or or it's a lot harder for them to score the goal. Yeah. And, but I, I also feel like I'd probably look at all three goalkeepers that we have. I, I can't speak about Paul Jones. <laughs> so we'll leave him out of the equation. But I think all, all three of them probably would have considered that goal. It was a good finish. Oh, maybe yeah. they would have done it in difference. Uh, maybe they, some of them might have put themselves in a better situation to deal with it better. But... Um, well, yeah, I, it's more... I'm more talking about... we do, I Looking to the you know the slightly longer term of next season i am not confident in our go- in our goalkeeping options this is no, it's just another it... kind of nod towards that i think it's not a comment for now it's not particularly even a comment on this game but it just shows you the value of we talk about goalkeepers being worth you know x amount of points per per season i think that's another showing where if you have a great shot stopper you probably win that game or you or you don't need to come from behind it, it, to, to to draw it i i'm not it's not a howling error it's not an awful thing it's just all of our goalkeepers are okay but none of them are top draw none of them are match winning goalkeepers and and it's a bit of a shame that we're in that situation having generally been so well covered in that position for certainly most of my time being a fan but uh, so today what what sort of score did you uh, sorry if i missed that did you give him a score yet i'm giving a score let's go with maybe a 6.5 maybe he loses yeah. half a mark for the goal i was going to say this is going to sound really awful and really terrible but the best situation we can be in next season, and this is going to sound awful, is if one or two of them get major injuries. That is awful, but yeah, unfortunately. Or some, something miraculous happens and Wildsmith, uh, not Wildsmith, Westwood either decides, I, I can't stand, you know, withering away towards the end of my career. I, I desperately want to go play somewhere. So he kind of bites the bullet with his contract in some way or somebody it's not out of the question. You look at um, last night, uh, or not last night, but in the, in midweek, uh, Man City had an injury at goalkeeper. So Scott Carson was the goalkeeper on the bench for Man City. So if some Premier League, big Premier League club, fancies Westwood as a coach slash custodian that will do a job if he's needed for like five minutes per season as the third choice, then that would be good for us as well. 
<laughs> but I doubt they'd pay money for him, or they'd pay him what we're paying him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I don't know. This is we're, no, <laughs> we're just stomping there'll all be, over all There'll be other days to talk yeah. about the goalkeepers. I think. Oh, won't there ever? Won't there ever? So, uh, <coughs> do we do the, the the? So we don't normally do uh, three five twos, but I guess we got to go go centre backs and start with Liam Palmer. I thought Liam Palmer did very well today. Yeah, I Me thought too. he was was very good. Um, what can I go for here? I think maybe I'm going to give him a seven point five. I would go. I think he was the best out of the three centre backs. I would uh, completely go along agree with that. that. Yeah, seven and a half for Palmer. Well done, Liam. So I think I'm going to make this quite easy. Then it's going to be a, a sliding scale. But anyway, okay. let's. Burner, I'm just going to go for a seven. Okay. Um, I thought he was good. You know, he he had some nice moments getting forward. I love that little flick he had near the end out oh, yeah, to nice. uh, out to the wing. That was pretty sweet. Um, you know, and he's quite solid as well, but maybe not quite as good as Liam Palmer. I think Liam Palmer was just just Mr. Solid in the middle of the the back three. He looked so strong. He seemed bigger somehow. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting in context, you know, in a different context. He looked a slightly different guy, I suppose, as well as skinhead. You know, he looks hard now. He looks well hard, yeah. Well hard, well hard. <laughs> and, so, uh, and then I'm going to move on to Iorfa. I I'm going to give Iorfa a six point five because he did that clangor which nearly led to them scoring in the first half. I also had convinced myself, you know, when he was getting his yellow card right at the end. Mm. I'd convinced myself he'd picked up one in the first half, but he hadn't. Um, I don't know why I'd done that. To, I, I think he did have a bad challenge that he kind of got away with, maybe. Yeah, he didn't but, look um, after they, I mean, No, he, yeah, he looked a bit off the pace. And he... Yeah, I th- it's an interesting role for him because he's got all the responsibility there and we lose some of the fun of Iorfa <laughs> in that he's got to be the disciplined one, really. Yes. I think... It makes a lot of sense because Berner doesn't have the pace. So if he goes forward and gets caught out, you've at least got the pace of Iorfa to kind of cover for him. Whereas if Berner gets caught, yeah, if 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 you're looking for Berner to cover him behind Iorfa, he may never get there. So it does make sense, but it is a shame because Iorfa's sort of rangy runs forward. Although he did he did allow himself one in the first half, <laughs> but his little his rangy runs forward are one of the the highlights of him being being a centre back. Well, being in, being involved in the defence at all. Uh, so yeah, six point five. Lucky not to get punished for a bit of a howler. Um, so yeah, I think that's fair enough. So we'll go for Jakob Murphy, the Russian wingback. Russian wingback Jakob Murphy. I don't. I remember he was okay. I don't remember he as good as he's been previously. Yeah. I don't know if there's much else to say. I'm going to give a 6.5. Yeah, fair enough. I think, as I say, unfortunately, it looks like a bit of that hesitancy which made him quite a frustrating character in his early performances for us is is back. So uh, hopefully that is just a bit of being rusty. and Because he was just so decisive. Well, you know, there's good performances. He doesn't seem to think about it. He just takes the shot and does things early, takes people by surprise. And there was no surprise today. It was always wait for your man, front him up, and then run straight into him. There was just <laughs> the only surprise was whether he came away on the other side with the ball somehow or not. So, yeah, so I think 6.5 is fair enough. Um, the way they've got it here on uh, who scored is they've got Kieran Lee next. So we might as well do that. Kieran Lee. I liked Kieran Lee today. I thought this was probably some good. I thought this was some good Kieran Lee for what we're getting. Um, I don't think he embarrassed himself by any means. No, I thought he looked bright and had some real, um, those little kind of interstitial moments are what Kieran Lee's 
about and he, he certainly popped up in a few of those particularly first half i do think he faded i think he needed the the substitution when it came but yeah one of his better performances and i thought he did look yeah bright you know he looked bright and at it and i, I don't know how you know presumably the rest has been good for him i don't know how how often we'll see him play at that level but yeah nice Nice highlight to have. Yeah, um, I think a, a comfortable. I think seven is pretty much the average for this yeah, like game. Fun. Pretty much, that's, that's kind of the case, isn't it? No, no real star performances really um, from mm-hmm. any of the starters, at least. Uh, we Baz Barry Bannon. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> uh, Bannon. I'm gonna go with Bannon. Was all right as well. He was okay. Again, I'm judging Bannon against Bannon nature, really. Yes. I thought he had good... Some of his spreading the play was really good. He seemed to kind of end up in his shell a bit. And I thought his set pieces were terrible. So And his shooting was bad. So it's kind of a classic Barry Bannon performance in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'd be tempted maybe to give him a, a six and a half. Yeah, I think six and a half is probably fair. I would say for Bannon in this one. Yeah. Possibly slightly judging him against better performances from himself. But yeah, I don't, for me just, yeah, the, the set pieces were woeful because we, we gave away the, so he gave away the ball for the goal and then he did, he had another set piece in the exact same position and did the exact same thing, <laughs> passed it to the goalkeeper. <laughs> afterwards it just didn't break out as well but it's like i know you would be in your brain go in your head going don't do that again don't do that again but yeah he did <laughs> okay um massimo luongo action mass action mass i'm gonna give him a seven as well i thought he was pretty good today i think he's uh i think he bears well to see him come back and to kind of get back up to fitness i think we're just going to see even more and more from him so i, I think it's a promising seven where i think is a view of better performances to come yeah i think that's a good good call so to complete the midfield then we've got harris uh harris 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 uh seven I think I'm going to slightly kind of lean towards. I think I'm kind of half between a 6.5 and half between a 7. I think he's promising. Mm. I think, you know, maybe I'm wondering now again, because we're at this basal level, maybe I'm getting that uh, problem that a lot of people do with the start of a season where you get so excited and you think things are just going to get better. But I'm also wondering fitness-wise, the fact he played 90 minutes in this, I think is a huge credit. He had a lot of industry. Um, He was good. He didn't embarrass himself. Had a few moments, had a few kind of crosses that were kind of deflected behind and a few promising moments. So yeah, yeah. I think a seven is probably fair. I'm happy to go with a seven. I think probably it's like, effort and endeavor and yeah level of you know level of fitness and sort of output probably seven and a half maybe you know one of the better players but in terms of what we actually got in terms of end product um more like a six and a half uh so seven kind of puts you in the middle i think i might be tempted to drop him to six and a half um yeah six and a half because of the mistake for the goal i know it wasn't all his fault but it's not great (laughs) it's not great should have done better i think um okay um jordan rhodes jordan rhodes uh maybe we go with i'm thinking of going with a generous seven for rhodes generous seven i think some of his play was good got into some good positions you know again this is probably number eight in uh rhodes's top 10 wednesday performances <laughs> but unfortunately that probably says a lot about how he's been doing previously so it's okay I'm happy, to, I'm happy to keep seeing more of rhodes right now considering also he's our only striker on the books 
for the end of the season. Uh, I think seven for Rhodes when Barry Bannon gets six and a half is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it lets... It's all kind of relative, though, isn't it? it? We it's were all kind of relative, isn't it? It's all Bannon relative. It's all Rhodes relative. It is um, Wigwam, Connor Wickham. Connor Wickham, I'm going to go for a seven. No, a seven, maybe 7.5 for the goal. We'll say. You've got to really, haven't you? Yeah. I think he's probably up there with uh, Liam Palmer for man of a match, possibly. Any sub- scores for subs? Any scores for subs? Well, I think we can definitely give De Cruz a seven. Yeah. Uh, maybe we saw De Cruz more of, maybe he would have got a higher score and maybe he would have probably won man of the match, I'll be honest. It was we nice. Can't... It was a nice coming. I thought him and Reach really seemed to add a bit of pace and, and, and muscle, actually, going forward. It, it was a nice sort of change when they when they got involved both of them but yeah the cruise had the had the end product he had something to show for it so that's that then football's back football's back well i guess also uh, we can talk about the other people um so okay, okay other subs uh fletcher we can't really give a grade to uh alex hunt i'm gonna give a seven you know some nice moments I'll give Reach a seven. Uh, I'll give Odebajo a 6.5. Fair enough. Yeah. I I agree with all of those. I'm on board. Cool. Cool. So in terms of where that leaves us looking forward, um, effectively, we're in the same position. We stay 15th, uh, but we've we've ended up one point closer to the relegation zone uh, due to Charlton's win over Hull. So we're now eight points off the relegation zone. Um, I just think I know it's a bit maudlin to look that way, but with the potential of the of the charge sort of hanging over our heads and um, and our and our form before we went into the lockdown, unfortunately, I think just keeping an eye on that those bottom clubs and and how we stand in relation to them is 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 where we have to keep our minds for the uh, for the time being. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I guess the interesting thing was prior to this, if football hadn't happened and we just went to we. Can't cancelled the season and we went to that unweighted points per game we would end up with something like 59.7 i think we said okay so effectively this is the way i'm kind of looking at it i'm probably going to disappoint myself pretty massively here rich um we started with 48 points before the restart mm-hmm. 37 games 48 points so and looking into that we need to basically get 60 points so we need to get 12 points from these nine games now we've got eight, so we've got to get 11, 11 points yeah. from the remaining eight. So if we don't get 11 from eight, then it hasn't been better than the average. And unfortunately, I would say with our kind of situation, with what's happened with this season absolutely going off the edge of a cliff, I probably would have rather seen the average happen. Yeah. And I think I'm probably going to be disappointed if we don't get that. I think any solution to this, I would be, I think a real positive to look at that. So now we're at, We've played 38 games, we've won 13, we've drawn 10, we've lost 15. If we can win as many as we've lost, that is a huge positive for this season. But again, yeah. we're looking at a very difficult, we're looking at a very difficult uh, set of fixtures. And this is bad to say, but I'm only hoping that other clubs have the same problems that we have. Yeah. Because it's a nightmare to have, you know, eight players out of contract, five players on loan, and we still don't really know what's going on with the rest of the season. And their low long-term futures. Uh, that, I we think need we need a clear out. Oh. We just don't need a clear out in this environment. It's just wrong. It's, it is so bad. 
It is awful. It is just is not helping us at all playing in this environment at this time. Yeah, it is a t- it's a tough run of fixtures we've got because Bristol City are well. So sometimes we we you know we we produce some uh, some good results at their place, but by and large they're a, you know they're a very good team and that that looks a tricky fixture on on paper. We've got West Brom who are one of the best teams in the league. Swansea have been sort of there or thereabouts most of the season. Preston's always hard work and they seem to be a bit of a bogey team for us. QPR at their place, again, we've had some harrowing times down at down at QPR. Um, Huddersfield, who knows, really? That That's probably a, a kind of coin toss. Fulham, a very good team and Borough we should beat. It's, you know, talking about getting 11 points from that, it's pretty tough, actually. It would be nice to have maybe three that you were kind of fairly confident of, and then then it's just picking up a couple of draws out of the remaining five. But that is a it's a tough old run, and today was a t- today was a tough fixture on form, and we should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to know, but then that's it. Everybody's in that position. And, and somebody was uh, I was listening to a bit of five live coverage of one of the early uh, Premier League games and. Uh, Oh, no, I've forgotten his name now. Pat Nevin, uh, who is one of football's real good guys. Uh, he was he was talking about laughing with Mark Lawrenson about trying to make predictions this week because who knows? It is. It's the first week of the season again in mm. so many ways. Everything's thrown up in the air. And we've seen from if the Bundesliga is anything to go by, home advantage doesn't seem to exist when you're playing in an empty stadium. Away teams are winning way more often. They're scoring more goals. So, yeah. It's it's all a dice roll, but at the moment it's there's there's very few things you can kind of hang your hat on in terms of what what we expect to happen. I would hope constantly sort of bumping around the bottom of the table, Borough would be a, a bit of a gimme. But on the last game of the season, they might be desperate to get something to secure their safety, or you never know. Uh, and almost all the others, if their chances of getting involved in postseason things drop off, then we might get some of those interesting results towards the end of the season because sometimes you play a team that's kind of like been in the playoffs all year and then when that drops away um the flip-flops are on the flip-flops <laughs> are on although it did feel at times like flip-flops were were definitely um they're in the eye line if not if not quite on the feet yet they're in the eye line at times in, in the pace of today's game uh right well on that note we look forward to the game against bristol city oh it's an early one it's an it's early, 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 early smelly bird. <laughs> I think I'll just completely lie in and just get up and just fire up, uh, fire up the zone. The zone. The zone. Benone, hopefully. Well, that'd be nice if to have a bit of Benone. Benone's just... creamy, creamy goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Episode 50. Oh, on that note, I think we should wrap things up. And I, I will say to you, Luke, I hope you have a, a good week. And I hope the folks listening at home also have a good week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you the other side of that of that game against Bristol City. See you guys then. Have a good one, everybody. Cheerio. Bye.